Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi everyone, this is Anne-Marie and looking forward to another great show today. Now the topic that I'm talking about with my guest today is not one that I've yet covered on the show. However, it really is an important subject that I believe, especially for women in business, that uh, we need to know about, especially if we find that we have health issues that service for us regularly, in fact, each and every month without fail. If we're not feeling the best health and wellness, then that's going to impact how we show up in our business and, of course, the results that we generate in our business. Now, if you're a male listener, then you might want to just recommend this show to your wife or your female partner, and you might just want to skip over this. But look, if you want to listen to it, fantastic. I mean, you might just have someone who is close to you that you hear some things that our guest talks about today, and you think, you know what, this might be relevant for this particular person in my life. So please share this message. All right, back to you women. Now, as women, we know that we're very complex beings, and that life and business can certainly have a its ups and downs. And for some of us, we may find that we struggle a lot more because of things that happen. And those are the things that happen with our hormones. And it's not easy to build a successful business if your health and your vitality are low. My guest today is Nicole Jardim. And Nicole is a wealth women's health coach and chief period fixer-upper, I love that title, at the Healthy (laughs) Elements. And she founded the business in 2010 to help women reclaim their hormonal health and feminine vitality naturally. And she's the creator of Fix Your Period, a series of programs that empower women to heal their menstrual conditions in a fun and sassy way. And on today's show, Nicole's going to share her wisdom so that you can learn about underlying hormonal imbalances and what you can do to fix them, how to understand better your feminine or unique feminine body better so that you know exactly when you're ovulating and also learn about the true causes of PMS. And I know that so many women unfortunately struggle with that monthly and that it's not all just in your head. So welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you so much. That was such a fabulous intro. <laughs> and as I mentioned in the intro, this is not a topic that I've uh, covered before on, on the show, yet I know that so many women, unfortunately, struggle with this, uh, you know, each month. And uh, it certainly is something difficult that, yeah, that they find it difficult to talk about and, of course, to get really good information. But before we dive deep into the different areas, and I know you're going to share your wisdom in this, just give us a bit of a background about who you are and 
and how you got into this area because I'm sure you're quite passionate about this, of course. Oh, yes. <laughs> I certainly am. I could talk about this stuff all day long. You know, this was something that I struggled with for a long time. I, it began as a teenager in my late teens. I had periods that would come and go whenever they felt like it. When they did come, mm. they were voracious. And for me, I just assumed that this was all normal. And then eventually they, they started to disappear completely. And I just went to the doctor and she just said, well, you know, you could just go on the pill. And so I thought, okay. So I went on the pill and pretty much ended up going from one major hormonal imbalance to another. And it wasn't until my early 20s that I realized that the pill was causing a lot of other health issues that I was starting to have. So I knew then that I needed to get off of that and figure out what was really going on with my body. Because at the end of the day, none of us really know what's going on. We just sort of go to the doctors and hope that they'll fix our problems. And and then they don't usually. <laughs> so what then happened for me was, you know, I started to just seek alternative therapies or seek out alternative therapies. And that was acupuncture and, and nutrition counseling and things like that. Yeah. And so by my mid-20s, I'd managed to overcome all of the issues that I'd had initially. And finally, like I said, reclaimed my vitality yes and it so was and then it was you know a transition for me because I felt like I was very happy with what I was doing I was working in film and tv but it was really burning me out so I felt that now I'd learned all this stuff in health and wellness I needed to maybe implement it more not only in my life but maybe help other women too Mm -hmm. and so I started just dabbling in nutrition and talking to people and it really resonated with them and then I decided that I really needed to do this and and get out of the field that I was in because I felt really strongly that this was the new passion. So I decided that I really wanted to make this my life's work and I ended up moving to New York City and going to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition where I studied to be a health coach. And once I'd done that, I I realized I had a a good general understanding of, of health and wellness, but I really wanted to focus on women's health. So I apprenticed at a holistic women's center here in New York. And then I trained with the Integrative Pelvic Health Institute. It was founded by a good friend of mine. She's also a women's health nutritionist. And then trained with Dr. Sarah Gottfried, the owner, sorry, not the owner, the writer of The Hormone Cure. Mm -hmm. She has worked with tens of thousands of women over her career and has created an incredible protocol, which I was trained in. And so that's what's led me to this moment here in time. (laughs) And thank goodness that you did. And I really have to agree with what you were saying. I mean, so often we do put our hands in the lives of the medical profession. And it's not saying anything negative about them. But unfortunately, some of the advice that we're given is really not the best advice for us. And there's so many other ways now and incredible therapies and, you know, things that you're going to be talking about today that can help us really overcome what we've been struggling with. So, um, I mean, just as you were talking and sharing your story, I can think of a number of people who I know personally, and my little dog is barking in the background. So we've got the, the little doggy podcast there in the background. Please excuse him. People continue to struggle. And so I really do hope that this message that you're going to be sharing today is going to go out to those women who continue to struggle with this day in and day out. And I know at least two people that I'm going to to share this podcast with once it goes live because I know it's certainly going to help them. So, okay. So the first thing that I'd like you to talk about is the four stages of each of the cycles because obviously we're not familiar with this or many of us aren't. And this is so very important. So please, what are the four stages of each cycle? 
I'd love to talk about it. So essentially, most women, yeah, like you said, most women aren't aware of the fact that we have pretty distinct stages in our monthly menstrual cycle. And so that first phase is considered your menstruation phase or the bleeding phase. And so it's obviously day one of your cycle is the first day of bleeding. And so that would be considered the menstruation phase. And that usually lasts from three to seven days, depending on the woman. And so at that time, on an emotional level, we tend to feel a sense of release because it's finally happening. And then we also find that we have a really strong desire to rest or take a break from daily duties or even take a day off, which I know is quite difficult for many of us, especially business owners. But it is one of those things that, you know, we need to start to pay attention to and and honor what our bodies are asking of us, just because if we don't, you know how it goes, we ignore things over time, and then they manifest into bigger things. Mm -hmm. So I've, yeah, I found that, you know, clearing your calendar of big social events and things like that around this time of your cycle, is is really crucial to uh, keeping your energy and just sort of maintaining that that sort of peace within your body while you go through the menstruation part of your cycle. And then the phase two part of your cycle is known as the follicular phase. And so that phase really just begins after your period and lasts typically for about seven to 10 days. And the reason they call it the follicular phase is because your pituitary gland is releasing follicle stimulating hormone so that it can stimulate your ovaries to build an egg up for release. And so that's essentially what's going on. And during that time, all your hormones start out low after your period, but they start to build up in preparation for ovulation. So this time is really a time, it's almost like the spring season. You're getting out of the winter season, which was your period, and getting into the spring where you're starting to grow and uh, and do things and get out there. And so that's typically what would happen during that time. And, and you know, it's in preparation for ovulation, which is basically likened to the summer season. And during this time, you're emotionally, things are good. You're starting to, like I said, be more social, come out of that that shell and, and your skin looks better. You look more attractive because estrogen is higher, things like that. And then moving into the third phase, which is ovulation or the ovulatory phase. It's a short time, obviously. It's just a couple of days, but it is where the most action is happening and your hormones are at their highest levels during this time. So you'll continue to be going and assertive because testosterone is high. Estrogen is still high too. So you're going to continue to look great. You'll be confident. And then ovulation happens. So there's a big surge and then there's a big decline. And so that takes us into into the luteal phase of our cycle, which is the very last phase. And so that follows ovulation. When we're finished with ovulation, pretty much all the hormones start to slowly decline. And we still tend to ride high off of that ovulatory feeling where we're feeling really great and outgoing and wanting to do things. But then we start to wind down into that very last week of our cycle where we start to prepare for our period. And progesterone takes over and it actually causes us to, it causes our basal body temperatures to rise. So that's the first thing. And and many women who are trying to get pregnant or have been pregnant might know what that is. And then the other thing is, is that, you know, it it starts to make us calm and like quiet and we want to just start to wind down and stay closer to home and not be so outgoing and out and about and things like that. And so that's typically what our cycle looks like. And it's dominated really by the the cyclical nature of our bodies. We're so different to men in that regard because they get up in the morning and they go to sleep at night. And that's literally (laughs) it. I was just thinking as you're describing that, it's like, man, I feel exhausted just listening to that. And this is all going on 
on behind the oh. scenes. Many of yeah. us don't even realize that this is happening. And I can see mm-hmm. how for some women who do have an imbalance that mm-hmm. uh, with all of the different phases and with the things that can happen and how it can impact us emotionally and even physically too, if we're just feeling oh, yes. really drained. And I can imagine if we're booking really high stressful projects where we need to get out there and interact with other people and so forth at the time when you're saying okay you really should be resting and perhaps doing less you know energetic required activities at that time that we can really not be doing ourselves justice so talk a little bit more about how understanding each of these phases that you've just described of our cycle can really help us to live better and smarter lives which I know is going to impact everyone around us and of course ultimately our business as well yeah oh my goodness absolutely it's just you just need to hit the nail on the head I was gonna say that you know during what so many of us we work against our cycles we work against our cyclical nature which makes sense because we just expect to be the same go 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 every single day of our cycle and that's just not the case mm-hmm. so then we get really frustrated with ourselves and so what I've found is that when you start to pay attention to what's going on internally you can start to plan externally and so for me I you know during that just a couple days before my period, I start to wind down. And then during my period, I really try to keep my calendar as clear as possible so that I can just sort of be at home and do homey things and, and just really relax as much as I possibly can work from home, whatever that is. And then during ovulation or during the follicular phase and ovulation and right after ovulation, that's the busy time. So I really try to schedule all the things that I'm doing, whether those are meetings or lots of like of client events and networking, anything like that. I always say to women, if you're going to do job interviews or just be out and about or be social or go to networking events or things like that, always schedule it around the time of ovulation just because you're, like I said, you're the most outgoing at that time. Your estrogen and your testosterone are the highest. So you're going to feel your best and you're going to be as you know more bold than you would be the day before your period. Yes. Make basically. those sales calls and do those networking <laughs> in those days. You're going to be, yeah, exactly. stepping into Absolutely. that power. Wonderful. And, and the same goes for exercise too. So many of us are trying to push ourselves during our period. And I, you know, I don't really recommend that. I think taking care of yourself and being more nurturing to yourself and your body during that time is, is much better taking a yoga class versus taking a CrossFit class or something like that yes. would be best. Yeah. And you know, I think yeah. the body will often send us messages and I am a a culprit when it comes to this too I just tend not to listen to those messages and you just continue (laughs) to push 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 but you know what your body will take control if you're not Mm going to listen and adjust your life it takes control and says you know what if you're not going to make the decision for you I'll make the decision for you and you end up getting sick or unwell and you just don't feel the best so I think being aware of this and if you can really see that hey you know if, if I adjust my calendar to suit and it's not saying you're going to have to absolutely you know completely adjust everything but just be aware of it you can work with yourself and and be physically there and and present and I think you know whatever you do just yeah no I don't want to use the word softer but we are more what's the word nurturing to ourselves I think and we can show up being the best that we can possibly be in in whatever you know phase or, or stage we are at now you talk about estrogen dominance I'd love to know what that is and also what it causes. 
Oh, for sure. I think that this is, I wanted to talk about this because I feel like it is, seems to be the most prevalent hormonal imbalance for so many women who are in their 20s and 30s. And then, of course, going into menopause as well, it's the same thing. Many women tend to be estrogen dominant. So I would say across the board, it's one of those that is the most prevalent. And essentially, what it means is that we have a buildup of excess estrogen in our bodies, excess bad estrogen, because there are a number of different types of estrogen. So it's just a matter of, of which one I'm talking about. But essentially, we have a buildup of excess estrogen and progesterone, which is the hormone that typically counterbalances estrogen, no longer balances it out because estrogen has gotten too high. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like if you imagine a seesaw and estrogen is high and it's that feeling of like slamming into the ground kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. typically what it looks like for many women emotionally and physically. And so that's essentially what it is. And there are a number of different causes, but to Typically, what it is, is it links back to our liver function and our gut health. And so when our livers are overburdened, which happens pretty easily these days, just because there are a lot of toxins in our food and our environment and a lot of other things that we're in contact with. And, mm-hmm. and so when our liver isn't able to break down excess estrogen the way it's supposed to, then what happens is it just sort of gets recirculated back into our bloodstream. And so we end up with a number of different symptoms from this this particular imbalance. Mm -hmm. What are some of those symptoms? Can you share those? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So estrogen dominance results in a couple of unpleasant ones. And and it seems that it, like I said, it's so prevalent, but people don't realize that's the underlying cause. So typically something like PMS or the more severe PMDD, which is more, it's like PMS on steroids. Mm -hmm. So PMS, especially the emotional symptoms, anxiety, the depression, the moodiness, things Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And then the physical symptoms of the bloating and the pain when you get your period. Those are also signs. And then on a more serious note, well, not the PMS isn't serious, but more serious are things like endometriosis and fibroids or fibrocystic breasts. Wow. Those are, you know, because estrogen is a stimulating hormone. So it's, it basically stimulates your uterine lining to grow, your breasts to grow. Mm-hmm. And so when it's not counterbalanced by progesterone or it's not stopped doing what it needs to do, then it just sort of goes rampant. And, and so it can result in these conditions of overstimulation basically and and then also like menstrual migraines heavy bleeding all of these different kinds of conditions can show up when we're estrogen dominant yeah and as you're talking I mean someone that I know that's quite close to me um, had Mm. terrible terrible pains and and she was very young you know this is in high school when she was doing all of her exams and everything so she had the additional stress because I think stress and pressure can sometimes just exacerbate all of these things but she was in bed for about a week leading up to period and and it was just horrendous anyway after tests and things like that the doctor said look go on the contraceptive pill which she's done and so she's kind of gotten that that balance but what you're saying I mean this estrogen dominance could have just been going absolutely berserk the bloating all of that I mean everything that you're saying I'm I'm ticking the boxes so really I think you know further testing and and so forth is something that I think is, is just so so important rather than just saying you know just do this and and she's not a hundred percent better mind you and she really needs to monitor herself so what can she do and of course others that are listening today and and recognizing that some of the things that you've just been talking about is what they go through what can they do about the conditions that are caused by this estrogen dominance 
There are a lot of things that can be done. And one of the first things I would say is for women to really focus on their digestion, because I would say that, I mean, and this was something that was a huge struggle for me as well, and I'm still prone to it, is uh, digestive issues and IBS-like symptoms, a chronic constipation or diarrhea or bloating. I'm like putting it all out there. <laughs> oh, look, but, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, but so many women struggle with this. And I would say in my practice, I see probably about 95% of women who have these hormonal imbalances also have digestive issues and have had them since they were teenagers. This is no coincidence. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because when our gut and our digestive tract is not functioning the way it's supposed to, we can't absorb the nutrients and the vitamins and the minerals that our reproductive organs need to function optimally and produce the right hormones. And so I would say for so many women to like to really look at that and see if their gut is functioning properly. I mean, they should be going to the bathroom twice a day and and if they're not and if there's you know there's uh, the alternation between gas and bloating and all these other conditions then it is something to think about and so i would say like focusing on healing your gut and that you know that involves that's a process but looking at you know probiotics and and eating probiotic rich foods and as well incorporating something called glutamine glutamine is basically an amino acid it it helps to heal your gut lining if you have any kind of gut issues going on there are a number of different things but really focusing on food that isn't going to cause like an inflammatory response mm -hmm. so cutting out gluten and sugar if sugar is an issue for you mm -hmm. and fried foods and anything that's you know that's you feel probably won't do your gut so well, which we all know. Yes. But yeah, we know what they are. But I would say that would be one of the big things. And then really also focusing on fiber. Because again, when you know, our livers could be functioning properly, they could be doing what they need to do. But if we are constipated, and we're not going to the bathroom like once a day, what is happening is that that excess estrogen is being is seeping out of our colon and going back into our blood too. So there are two ways it can happen. And so I would say fiber is a huge one, 35 to 45 grams a day, which I know seems probably like a lot, but that literally is an apple, a pear, half a cup of kidney beans, and maybe some brown rice and, and a couple of cups of leafy green vegetables. And, and that's, you know, that's almost 30 something grams of fiber. So I think that it's really doable. It's just a matter of making small changes to start to feel better. So that's, you know, in terms of the digestive tract, that's one thing you can do. Yeah. I could yeah. go on, but you oh, look, and, and have time. <laughs> no, the, the things that you've just described, this particular person has been doing this and it's made an absolute, ah. a, a real difference. And she's got tested and recognized that she's also gluten intolerant. And, uh, you know, she could eat a, just a small slice of bread and within, you know, a few minutes later, already you could kind of see her gut just, you know, yeah, wow. expanding. And look, I thank Thank you for being so open and transparent. I think um, the sharing this message is going to be such a huge relief for women mm. out there who have been struggling and even young girls who have been struggling for so long, finally going, oh, thankfully, there is, you know, there's other people that are experiencing this and there is a solution. There is a solution. They don't have to continue to struggle and, you know, continue to battle through this. Absolutely not. So what would you say would be the top three solutions for emotional and physical PMS symptoms? Because I know many people struggle with that. 
Oh, yes, they do. I know. PMS is so interesting because it's one of those things that, you know, everybody, I don't know any woman who hasn't been affected by it in some way. In fact, I think the statistics are somewhere around 75% of women suffer from one or more work and life, you know, not threatening, but <laughs> life-altering. Yes. Yeah. Well, it might be threatening for the people yeah. around them if they're in a foul <laughs> mood. Yeah, uh, seriously, tell yeah, me about it. Yeah. You know, and I think that, unfortunately, it's like a, this is a statement that most of us just unconsciously accept without even thinking twice about it. Just We just think it's our lot in life, but it's not, it, you know, we shouldn't have to suffer because yeah. we're women. And so, you know, one of my biggest things with emotional and physical symptoms are things like sugar and caffeine and alcohol because at the end of the day when it comes to our hormones we really want to keep our blood sugar as stable as possible Mm -hmm. and the reason for that is because insulin is also a hormone and insulin is released when we consume sugar and the problem when we have too high levels of insulin on a continuous basis is that it actually messes with all our other hormones in particular our sex hormones Mm -hmm. so for women it raises or at least it potentially raises testosterone not in every woman but it raises testosterone in many women and in men it raises estrogen and so that's why there's i I don't know i see so many ads for testosterone creams and treatments now and for men and it's just because all they need to do is change their diet so this is a really big issue so i would say anything that would spike your insulin you need to remove so that's like i said caffeine and alcohol and sugar and then you know like i said keeping the blood sugar balanced you want to have protein and complex carbohydrates and and fat and fiber in each meal so that you feel full for about four to six hours and then you know and and make your day look like that rather than you know constantly snacking on high carbohydrate foods Mm -hmm. so that's like a really big one and then you know just like on an emotional level I would also say too, just think about things that that you really want to do that make you happy. So whether that's taking a bath and and just you know taking a minute, taking half an hour, writing in your journal. I find that doing that at night and in the mornings is tremendously helpful, just to get all of the stuff that's buzzing around in your head out onto a piece of paper, mm-hmm. so that you no longer have to be stressing about it. I feel like that's something that's very grounding for many women, and and I think that you know it's it's one of those things that. Can can be tremendously helpful when you're in that that week before your period. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I, I love those. Now, we've just really touched on this topic, Nicole. I'm sure you could provide so much more information. What we've done on the show notes is provided a couple of links to, to other articles and things like that, which is going back to your website. But just share, please, mm. how people can get in contact with you if they've listened to what you've said today and they said, you know what, this is something that I've been struggling with or they know of of someone in their network or someone who's close to them that could certainly benefit uh, from connecting with you. How do they do that? Oh, absolutely. So my website is thehealthyelements.com. And then my email address is just support at thehealthyelements.com. So that would be, those would be the two ways to get in touch with me. And, and yeah, I have a ton of information on my site as well as, you know, everything that I represent and, and my programs. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, mm. for those of you who are listening to the show and you want to go and have a look at the show notes, we'll pop all of Nicole's contact details there as well. All you need to do is go to Ambitious 
entrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES112. This is show 112. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show. It really is a topic I think that we should talk about more because there are many women I'm sure who are suffering in silence and who don't realize Mm -hmm. that there are things that can be done and uh, they can live in more harmony with their bodies and and I think it's such an important message that we need to get out there so I thank you for for taking the time and sharing your brilliance and uh, of course encouraging anyone and everyone who yeah somehow can resonate with this message it's happening to you or you know someone that yeah is going through this please reach out and connect with nicole as well thanks nicole and marie thank you so much it's been my honor you've been listening to the ambitious entrepreneur show do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs both nationally and internationally I invite you to reach out and learn more about our customized sponsorship packages by emailing be a sponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com. That's be a sponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com and we'll send you out further details. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.